This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's, it's Farm Girl here. My real name is Dana. Rhymes with banana. It's really hard to get a word in edgewise here. Wow. I am the host of the Accidental Farm Podcast. It's a daily, five minutes an episode. And guess what? We're at 100 episodes. I know you're already wondering, Accidental Farm? What's that? Well, it's like having an unplanned pregnancy, except with farm animals. Here are three reasons you won't want to miss the Accidental Farm Podcast. One, in just five minutes a day, it packs in a funny, sad, or weird farm story. Two, Every story has a little nugget of wisdom that you can use in your own life. And three, it's a great way to take a little break to escape your daily life and get a little bit closer to nature. The Accidental Farm Podcast, anywhere you find your pods, episode one, Find Your Inner Predator, is waiting for you. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. It's P&Q here, Philippa Hall, complete with dreads, nose ring and natural fibres. And Quentin Rayner, 
with the immaculate truncheon. While scrabbling in the dirt for pin money, there's you lot, our lovely dum-de-dummers. This week's wonderful dum-de-dum tune is again from Melissa in Italy, and we're lucky enough to hear thoughts from formerly cycling Christine, Catherine with a Y, Richard from Portugal, Glyn, Sarah, Monty, Kate and Catherine, Richard Biffoprop, Charles from Washington, Tracy from California, Bill from the Ukraine, Witherspoon and Adam, plus Tweet of the Week, Facebook Roundup, welcoming new members of our Facebook group, predictions for next week, and the Dumdy Book Dumb item, this time with author Ellie Griffiths. Marvellous. Yes, that's pretty much taking up the time of the podcast, isn't it? Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that's it, the end. Good grief. <laughs> People are listening, Philippa. It is fabulous. We Fantastic. love it. So, Quentin. Wow. Without further ado, let's look back at what happened this week. I've got some gossip for you, Philippa. Adam and Ian's tongues wag almost as much as Susan's. After having their first ever proper conversation, during which Susan revealed she'd won Neil by winning a pig, she nabbed Adam in the polytunnel and took him up on his offer to come round. Ian felt his pain, but as the wine flowed, so did the tittle-tattle. Susan was aghast to hear about Jean Harvey and Derek Fletcher's affair back in the 80s. Then Ian popped the question, who's everyone's secret crush? The chef kicked it off by confessing to Karate Lee. Adam followed by admitting that Alistair has a certain something in his vet scrubs. But Susan stole the show with... Oh, David Archer. He was so masterful as Herod, it made me go a bit funny inside. Ian declared Susan was a hoot, and it had given him a great Valentine's idea for the bull. At said hostelry, Justin made a pig's ear of bending Brian's ear about the future of Barrow Farm. Then he misheard him and thought Adam had become a swinger instead of a general farmhand. Brian escaped for a quick chat with Chris and told him he was a sterling chap and was reassured to hear his son-in-law tell him they could sort the money stuff out in a civil way. David hobbled in and bore Justin rigid with news that the calf was safe from the dislocated hiatus. <laughs> Lemon drizzle all round. Brian muttered under his breath. Alice flew the nest to return to the nest, but felt lonely straight away. Instead of reaching for the bottle, though, she grabbed the phone to invite her parents round for supper. The following day, she was stressed out with an unsettled Martha. Amy diagnosed chickenpox, and when Chris rashly stumbled in, she sussed he had shingles. Wednesday was worse. Up since 5am, Alice pleaded with Granny Jenny to take Martha away and look after her. No, darling, it's your chance to be a great mum, JD retorted, and she was proved right to Alice's delight. Kate reckoned Phoebe was getting all dressed up for a date with the charming and good-looking Salil, but no, she blubbed to Father Roy. It turned out to be a job interview, and she was heading to the Highlands, yes, that's north of Glasgow, in case you didn't know, <laughs> to help start up a micro-algae business. Susan and Ian were told... You're hired! ...by Kenton and Jolene, as their social speed-dating idea to make new friends saved the bull's bacon. It also appears the landlord no longer seems hamstrung by his hamstring, either, in case you were wondering. So, shall we get this podcast underway with an icebreaker? Let's start with... Who's annoyed you the most this week in The Archers? Which is pretty much our podcast, isn't it? <laughs> There's a lot in this week, I tell you. Why word? It's packed. Did you have your notepad and pen out when you were listening, Quentin? I, I tap away on my on my laptop as I'm listening, yes, and then 
and then tidy it up afterwards. Oh, I'm flying across the keyboard. It's a Kerry week. You can tell when it's a Kerry week, can't you? You certainly can. And and apart from Kerry week, how's your week been? Well, I, I've uh, been press ganging people to listen to this podcast. I seems to I constantly seem to be checking whether they are a an Archer's listener and b if they follow this podcast. There I was sat in the doctor's reception, and uh, the receptionist sort of came up to me. I said very sternly, and I thought, well, "What have I done wrong?" She said, "Have you finished then off the telly?" And I went, "Oh yeah." So she recognised <laughs> me from. I said, "Yes, I, I have." I said, "But I, I still I do a podcast now." And I, she said, "Oh right, what's that about?" I said, oh, "About the Archers," and she said, "Oh, my husband's an Archer's listener." I said, right, in that case, can you get him to listen to our podcast and show her our logo and everything? So there you are. There's one more listener, hopefully. <laughs> Always working hard behind the scenes, you and me. Um, I Only for the second time in my life, I wrote to my local MP, a certain Robert Jenrick, and uh, told him to write his letter to the 1922 committee. Thank you very much. I had a big lotto win yesterday. Oh, huge. Yeah, well, you know, 109 million, they said, and they got to give it away and all that. I thought, yeah, I'm in on that. Yeah, biggest win ever. £67. I was chuffed with that. Oh, that's a lot of money. I mean, that would almost please. pay for a bottle of serum, wouldn't it, Quentin? It's <laughs> two-thirds of a bottle of serum. Yes. A slightly used bottle of serum. <laughs> I'm bored putting it on every morning, but I'm, I am. I'm <laughs> Getting your money through. Yes, I am. And is I it am. producing amazing results? I mean, oh, do, you have, do you look like a 20-year-old? I, I tell you, the, the promised 14% back in my pigments is definitely returning definitely i mean you, as you do for 92 pounds um and finally uh i know you've got this, the note saying be brief is still yes. there folks but i, I I've, I've took up wordle this week i've swore i wouldn't and i've taken it up and it's driving me nuts by quite enjoying it um, but I did like this tweet from Kerry Davis who wrote this week's scripts. He tweeted, friends, I love you and care about you deeply. About your latest Wordle score, not so much. I know what you, I know what you mean. Do you know, timeline's Quentin, full of these grids. I've got written here, talk about Wordle. You have. I have, because we need to hold an intervention. Wordle is very bad for my blood pressure. I, I Suddenly, I can't think of a word. You know, it's like saying a three-letter word that begins with T uh-huh. and ends in E, and I'm like, oh, there's no such word that exists. It's Wordle. We are obsessing over this five-letter thing, yeah. which has a name that has six letters in it. Why? 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 We well, need to stop. It's named after it's a play on the words of the guy who invented it. I know, it, but it? if it's a five-letter thing, it shouldn't be six letters. It's it's just, it doesn't work. And people Why need did you to mention recognize- that? I hadn't noticed that. Thank you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's infuriating enough as it is, and it's made it worse. The other fun thing we had this week was online parents' evening. So I don't think you've ever had this, Quentin, but online no. parents' evening is basically you get a period of time, say five minutes, per teacher and you get this countdown till they come on the screen and then when the five minutes is done they're cut off that's it and it felt like it was every time but I think there were about 15 different teachers and subjects we had to sit through the countdown before the teacher would come on so you're like five four three seconds my child would lean over to me and say very urgently by the way I did really badly in the last test and then the teacher would come on and I was trying to rearrange my face in this oh how nice to see you teacher to just trying to process the awful news that my child had just delivered so it was so much fun it's it's almost uh, an adaptation of the speed dating in the bull isn't it um it what, is what, what yeah you call it speed slating that's my <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's enough about us let's get on to the important bit which is you our lovely caller inners 
Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have formerly cycling Christine, who thinks she's spotted the next baddie in Ambridge. Hello, Philippa, Quentin and all fellow Dumpty Dummers. This is formerly cycling Christine here. I just wanted to go back to something that was raised uh, two or three weeks ago about Rory and about who's the baddie in the archers. And for a number of years, I have thought they need to replace, have a baddie to replace Brian. And they brought Justin in, but obviously he's similar age to Brian, so can't possibly replace him as Brian gets too old. And then they, when they introduced Rob, I thought that maybe he was going to be the replacement. But as we all know, that storyline turned out to take a very different arc. So I think it's highly probable that Rory's going to be the one. He has the same charm that Brian has. Um, He's very nice to those that he wants to be nice to, but he has a very ruthless streak, as we've seen on more than one occasion, and especially with dealing with Alice recently. So I'm very much looking forward to his long career in the Archers as the baddie with charm. The shenanigans over the what's going to happen on Valentine's Day in the pub has just driven me mad. Not because of the storylines or anything, but the idea that any decent business in a pub would not have sorted out what was happening on Valentine's Day a week or so beforehand when they need to get advertising done, sell tickets, get people who want uh, to come there. Uh, It's just ludicrous to be doing it at this late stage. And it just, that sort of thing just drives me mad. So unrealistic. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Christine. Driven mad by the archers. That's a first, (laughs) isn't it? Brian the baddie. Sorry, Christine, wash your mouth now. He's roguish. He's charming, he's flawed, he's intriguing, he's bullish, he's naughty, he's sensitive. I, Batty, I love the man. Well, I love Brian. I do, because he's just, uh, well, normally he's so awful, but he is, he's getting he's milder. Not. He is. What about, um, was it he's Martin? He's apologising like crazy. Who was the chap that um, got the journalist in to interview Blake? Martin, Martin. Gibson. Yeah, so yeah. he could be. He could be the baddie. Ah. Um, Rory, I mean, I just hope mm. I hope for the best for Rory. I don't want him to be the baddie, but I accept, like Christine says, we, we need a, a baddie in there. I mean, Brian, Brian, it turns out, is an expert on the pig cycle. And Brian is the only yes. farmer on the BL board. I mean, so <laughs> he's the only one who's got any knowledge of how to clean yes, out a silage pit. That's, that's how you set up an agricultural company. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's have um, 20 people on the board and only you know, one of you. nothing about farming. Yes. Uh, so, so she thinks she's characterised Rory as a, as a baddie with charm, which is quite a neat way of describing potentially Rory. He, I mean, he showed his nasty streak, definitely. Uh, whether he's got uh, all his father's ruthlessness, we shall see. He's certainly got the intelligence. So... Yes. It's interesting, but, isn't it? And it's interesting how things seem to be happening very quickly at the moment in Ambridge. One hmm. minute, Alice is saying she can't look after Martha. And then lo and behold, within a few hours, she's the miracle mother. Uh, then you've got Josh and Pip. They can't cope on their own with David and Ruth injured. And then, oh, look at this. They're coping brilliantly. It's all a bit fast uh, for my life. Alice was so annoying this week, wasn't she? I mean, that poor kid... I mean, I did tweet about it. I mean, it, 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 Martha's got such a, a pair of jittery parents. She is going to grow up as a nervous wreck, isn't she? I mean, God, 
They both panic at the slightest thing. Uh, excuse me, what are you saying about my Christopher? Why is he panicking? Well, he was all <laughs> going around and check and... Uh, yes, because oh, yeah. he's, he's seen it firsthand how Alice has been. He knows her better than anybody, really. So he yeah, was assuming was the worst, protecting his child. No, he was oh, entirely he was all right. Simpering, you know, when Amy was the only simpering. sensible one there. Oh, Amy oh, was said. Oh my goodness, he was. I think she had. No, no, she handled those two gibbering, <laughs> jittering, nervous wrecks really well. I thought, yeah, you, you know, you just calm down. She's got chicken pox. You've got shingles. You can't look after Martha. Go home. And uh, you've got to look after your child. I thought she was excellent this week, Amy. Boring, but excellent. Yeah, boring. That's how she calms people down. Yeah, she's so calms. boring, she stole yeah, them. that's what you need. You've got two, two people really hyper. I thought her tone was just what you needed. Oh, my goodness. You're so... <laughs> Right. Well, let, let's go to the next call because we're going to have to come back to this, Quentin, because you and I are going to have very different also, views. Also, Christine's fed up with the shenanigans in the bull far too late. She's right. We've got a call about this, actually. There's a fundamental flaw in it as well. Glenn is going to expose that later on in our podcast. So let's go on to Catherine with a Y, who is asking a lot of whys. Hello there. It's Catherine with a Y from the Kent Coast here. Not the other Catherine, the lovely Catherine who was on last week with the cat, although I have got a cat, so that is quite confusing. Hmm. So our boiler's been broken this week um, for the second week, and it got me thinking about rising energy prices, rising cost of living, um, and are they going to cover that in the archers? Who would it be? Who would they use? Maybe someone who doesn't have a lot of family money behind them. Maybe someone supporting a family. Tracy, maybe or Chris, I sometimes feel like I'm getting a bit of a lecture or at least some really obvious role modelling from the Archer's characters. This week, my takeaway was Jennifer and Brian saying, you never stop worrying about your children. As a mum of two young children, that was a joyful thought. Thanks for that. I'm loving the idea of inclusive Valentine's Day. It's not all about couples um, at the ball great love it I would have loved something like that in my single days in fact I did used to do something like that at my house with some of my friends when I was single I did feel a bit sorry though um for either Jean or Derek when they were saying there's no accounting for taste I'm not sure which one is meant to have the bad taste and which one is really clearly meant to be the embarrassment also why has it taken so long for Susan to have an actual conversation with Adam or Ian. Do you think that's strange in a village of that size? Hmm. Why is everyone assuming Phoebe has a new love interest? I would have thought at least Kate or Alice would be a bit more feminist about it. Even if Jennifer, Jennifer obviously wouldn't be. It seems obvious to me that Phoebe has got a really exciting new job offer or project or something like that. I, I really hope that she proudly tells Kate that she's off to use that degree that she worked so hard for and that Kate supports her. But so far, the writing isn't really playing out like that, is it? Have a great week. I hope it's another sunny one for you. Take care. Ah, oh, Catherine with the wife in the Kent Coast. A marvellous call. Very funny. Very, uh, yeah, very funny. That made me giggle when I was listening to it. Thank you for that. Yes. First time caller as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, more, more, more please, Catherine, with a Y. You mentioned about will they cover rising energy prices. I fear that is too mm. much of the real world and uh, we won't get anything like that. You know, they, they seem oh, to right. exclude a lot of the reality like, that we have what, to like, deal with. Like COVID. Yeah, exactly. COVID? Yeah. What's COVID? Is that uh, right. is that a new right. type of mayonnaise you can get? 
Never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. You are concerned about this uh, phrase you've been told that uh, you never stop worrying about your kids. Yeah, everyone told me that. And, and I thought, no, you can't worry any more than you do when they're a week old. Oh, you do. It's, uh, yes, that makes me, oh, I sound really old now, don't I? You know, I've, I've, I've got three children now in their 20s. And I can assure you, Catherine, with a Y, you never stop worrying about your kids. <laughs> so I've got news for you. Sorry, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, the friendship with Susan, Ian and Adam, who it seems have never spoken more than just in, in the shop, which I agree is very strange. I felt like they were all trying to uncover secrets like Rosemary and Time with Ian and Susan giving this pitch in the bull. Uh, that could make a very strange Ambridge extra. Um Catherine's surprised that Adam and Susan haven't had a proper conversation. Can we just deconstruct that? Would you really want to have a proper conversation ever with Adam? Well, this is this is Adam Mark too. He's the the new Adam. Yes. So yes, up to now he laughs really want... and he has well, variety in his voice. Now he does. Yes. But up to now you wouldn't, would you? Because you'd be moaned to death. But <laughs> now he's all lightness of heart and with a joke and a gossip but maybe uh, this is showing now he's broken free of brian he's his own his own man and uh, lancer boyd as well that he's his own man and he can be happy and and he doesn't need a high-powered job and and money that was my other question how are they managing for money because there was all this moaning going on about how they didn't have enough money before and that was when he was in a better paid job so i just hope there's not going to be any more of this mm. oh we need to find money from somewhere let's take I it do, from this bank account i do i do find the new jolly adam very discombobulating I, to say. <laughs> I mean i thoroughly enjoy moaning about adam and i'm just being denied this right <laughs> yeah we've got amy to moan about so it's fine she was all right this week she was all right um if they do go for the energy crisis uh, she's saying which families. I, I think she's right. Tracy might struggle, but um, the Grundys as well, of course, they, they'd find it hard going, wouldn't they? They're bound to be. Well, and Tracy would yeah, have her budgeting notepad. Tracy would have her budgeting notepad, so she would be keeping Actually, check yes. on it. She so would. she, it would mean that they would have to skimp on other things. Um, but I think that they they would be okay, but only because of her very clever budgeting. Hmm. She'd be hovering around the thermostat, wouldn't she? She, she would. Keep, keeping Jazz's fat fingers off it. What is it with kids leaving lights on as well? Honestly, oh, God, why does it always have to happen? I why? thought it was a dad thing. I thought dads were obsessed about switching lights off. No. I always found mums aren't that bothered. but I am because one child gets very upset about the future of the planet but doesn't seem to mind about lights on, leaving the fridge door open while just gazing in a daydream at the contents of the fridge, honestly. Yeah. They probably think they're eco-bulbs and that they're justified in leaving them on. Well, there we go. Catherine, with a Y, you must call again. That was Please do. splendid. And now we go to Richard from Portugal, who has a copyright issue with Ian and Susan. Hello, Richard, calling in from Portugal this time. Months ago, I called in with my sister. We did the Swanee Whistle and Kazoo version of the theme tune. It seems like we were honouring Barry Crabb, which is great. The Stephen Fry episode was wonderful. I ran past a British pub while you were musing about how the, the the archers reminds us of Britain. This is a bit random. A few thoughts. I've been pondering career progression in Ambridge. 
I don't see why Phoebe is too good to be doing the rewilding. That's quite a challenging role. Is she remotely qualified to be doing business development just because she went to that university between Swindon, Swindon and Milton Keynes? I'm not sure. I hope Trace's hairdressing takes off. Seems like the best career in Ambridge is to be a crook. Look, look at Brian and the dump, illegal dumping, Jazza and the illegal bootlegging, Eddie with the unlicensed taxes and the counterfeit homemade, homemade homegrown turkeys, dodgy people in Ambridge. Anything else important to say about that? Not really. I think that Adam and Susan are stealing my idea. I run something called Newcomers Welcome Clubs dotted around the world, which as the name suggests, uh, designed to welcome newcomers. And the activities we do involve, it's a bit like speed dating without the dating agenda. We get people talking to strangers, and after a certain amount of time, we move people on to them. The next person is very good for introverts, very good for shy people, because you don't have to pluck up the courage to approach strangers. And yes, we hand out cards with interesting questions from a seminal article called 36 questions to make you fall in love and i will share links to that in the facebook group and a few photos of the cards which i won't post until sunday because otherwise no one will know what i'm on about bye-bye thank you richard (laughs) 36 questions to make you fall in love Mm, it's intriguing do you listen to the archers (laughs) i do bye yes I don't think that's quite what he was meaning. But never mind. Oh no, great! Now Richard last phoned in. I called in. He was in Warsaw, wasn't he? I seem to remember. Well, and we've had Big Sister Helen call in yes. as well in the meantime. Yes. So it's lovely yes. to have them calling back. Yeah, Wonderful. and now he's in Portugal. Yes, and jogging while listening to Stephen Fry abroad. <laughs> Wonderful. That's a, that's. I love that sort of thing. That sort of detail and enjoying the point that he made about uh, bringing you close to home. Um, there are no new ideas, are there, Richard, or, or they're just nicked? I'm sorry about that. They've obviously been visiting your website. You're ahead of the curve, mate, so um, you've only got yourself to blame. But, um, yeah, we'll, um, if they, they all listen to this, Richard, so ho- hopefully they'll it'll be fed back to them. Is Phoebe qualified to do business development? I mean, I, I don't know. The minute she said seaweed, I'm sorry, I did snigger to myself just... It just sounded funny Well, to me. if you've been to that university between Swindon and Milton Keynes, <laughs> you can do anything, okay? <laughs> and this highlands north of Glasgow. I mean, for those, for, for anyone who doesn't know the layout of Scotland, <laughs> that's like saying Quebec is north of Orlando. You know, it's that it's that sort of demographic. Apparently, um, the scriptwriter Kerry Davis had said that that line was changed in the edit. So uh, there we go. It was added right. in. It, it it got a lot of reaction on Twitter, <laughs> as you as you'd expect. Seaweed, we're going to be analysing seaweed. She's going to be standing on the shores of the Highlands looking for seaweed. Twitter decided to be kind to Kerry. But they said he wrote it deliberately because the assumption within Borsetshire is nobody knows it the world beyond the bypass. So she was like spelling it out for somebody <laughs> so it's else. You know, even further than Glasgow. Yes. Can you um, believe it? So, but uh, yeah, it got it got the keyboards clattering that one. It did, and Millie Molly Mandy was right about Salil. She got it. She hasn't on. been wrong yet. No, she hasn't been wrong yet. So she needs to call back in. We need to pay strict attention to what she said. Well, I said that last week. So <sighs> Millie Molly Mandy, which is a book, apparently I've been told by Catherine is a book. I didn't realise you didn't know what. Oh, sorry. Yeah, You'd... I'm an ignorant. I'm an ignorant. Millie 
Bond is one of the classics of my childhood. And I thought, oh dear, right. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I forgot. Or oh, I didn't well. realise. There we go. But thank you, Richard. That was wonderful. And we look forward to seeing your posts on the Facebook group later about that. Yeah. And now we need to go on to Glyn, who has spotted a flaw in the Bulls winning entry. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Well, after our self-contained week in uh, Brookfield, um, we picked up the threads of some other stories last week in The Archers. Um, my advice to Phoebe is you owe nothing to Kate. Uh, get yourself off to Scotland immediately. And as someone has already pointed out on social media, that creates a, a rewilding job opportunity for Adam and perhaps Phoebe will meet Charlie Thomas in Scotland, tell him about the rewilding, and he'll come back and run it with Adam and Rex. Sounds like a good team to me. Um, Then in the Bull, um, in a village where certainly all the characters we hear not only know each other, but are also mainly related to each other one way or another, that the bull has decided that its Valentine's entertainment is going to be a uh, a game where people try and get to know each other. So it could be uh, an evening for the silent characters, in which case it could be a very quiet evening for us all. Um, but, uh, you know, it defies me, really. Anyway, going back to um, that self-contained week, I wonder if it was a sort of pandemic proxy in that because the pandemic hasn't really happened in the Archers, um, some of the themes that have come out of the pandemic, like people reassessing where they are in their lives, hasn't really uh, happened. Um, but putting the, uh, you know, having the car crash enabled that story to be explored in Brookfield. Anyway, that's all from me. Uh, thank you for the pod, pod, podcast. Have a- oh, thank you, Glyn. Sorry, you got cut off at the end. That was a that was a great call. Yes, I love this about the, the bull. It's going to be quite quiet because who's going to go to this if everyone knows each other and mainly related, I think. Yeah, that was brilliant. And Spot, um, spot the tax professional yeah. <laughs> in with his forensic eyes, seeing seen the problem with this idea. And will Adam <laughs> take over the rewilding with, with Rex? I mean, poor Rex. I did laugh when Roy said, have you talked to him? He'll understand, probably. I just thought, yeah, poor Rex. He's he's bit down on his luck at the moment and i think jenny's going to be spending valentine's night running from the barn to her spare room wardrobe bringing more clothes because brian mentioned it he said oh well you could bring some more clothes if you like and i thought how long has that spare room been occupied it probably has permanently been occupied since they moved there because first of all they had rory then Rory moved out when Alice came back in. Now Rory's gone off and Alice has gone off. It's the first time in that fairly small property that that it's just them. Uh, I heard the line and I didn't really think about it, but I'm glad you spotted it and spent ages c- contemplating the <laughs> Thank you. domestic arrangements of Dar- Jenny Darling. Well, I was worried that she's only been allowed, you know, one cardigan in her house so far and uh, has been having to wear the same item of clothing ever since they moved there. Unlikely. <laughs> um, I, I love this idea of all the silence huddled together in the <laughs> in the bull. Uh, 
because that's going to make great radio, isn't it? <laughs> we now have 13 minutes of silence in the bull. And now for some meditation. We join the bull with the silent characters being silent. Yes, could but work. Glyn's extended this idea of Adam taking over rewilding by doing it with Charlie. Oh, I know. Because he's in Scotland, right, isn't he? Charlie's in Scotland? I believe so. Well, and if Glyn says he is, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Why does everybody go to Scotland if they get beyond the bypass? Um, (laughs) So, yeah, Charlie coming back. He was very popular, wasn't he, Charlie? He Uh, was, yes. But do we want him coming back now Adam's all happy? We we wanted Charlie to come back when Adam was so morose, but things are changing. It might get him back into his familiar and comforting morose form, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Charlie came back. But um, uh, we're going to get on to the the, um, the the scene, aren't we? We're talking about um, secret crushes. So because I I loved that scene for a number of reasons. So okay, we'll save that one. But we'll park it. We'll park it. We have to play this next call because this is from Sarah. Listen to this, guys. This is Sarah who made a name for herself last week on the Archers. Hi, my name's Sarah. I wrote the scripts for the car crash cow hip scripts from last week. I've just spent a fun and frankly quite indulgent hour and a bit listening to your feedback. The good, the bad and the ugly. My name, Sarah Heffer. It's like Heifer without the F. The continuity announcers did a brilliant job. I took this week because it's usually mangled by everyone, including my closest friend. <laughs> Wasn't that wonderful to hear? Wasn't it? The scriptwriters are listening to this, yeah. Philippa, um, and listening to us get our name wrong as well. <laughs> so so I've, I've written it down phonetically, Sarah. Sarah, <laughs> it's heifer without the F. You yeah? sound like you've got COVID when you say that question. <laughs> you've got to do it in Irish accent, haven't you? So it's... Oh, I don't think you have to, no. I think you're going <laughs> to cause a great deal of offence. <laughs> Isn't it? Heifer without the F, she said. Yes, heifer. Heifer, that's it. I, I was overdoing it, wasn't I? Well, he-her. it's not for me to well, say, but yes, you really yeah, the way, No, you're right. I was, I, was, I was trying too hard. Sarah, lovely to hear from you. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a fun and indulgent hour and a bit. Great. Yes, the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we've chucked in lots of good as well because it was a good week and it went down well as well, Sarah. So um, some memorable scenes. Imagine being told, right, you've got to write Five, how many, five episodes, isn't it? Um, it's all in Brookfield. <laughs> she must have thought, what? I can't escape from Brookfield. But uh, it, was a, it was a great week, Sarah. I, I really enjoyed last week, and many of our callers reflected that. So I think she's said that she, she's going to listen more in future. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, uh, well, let's listen to the next call because there's, there's more from Sarah in a bit. So let's go straight on to Monty, who called last Sunday during the day and has an ear for detail. Hello, uh, Monty here. Um, again, I've, I've missed the deadline for the for this week, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to comment on last week's episode. But there was something in it that I, um, I thought was interesting. Um, if you be- believe that they put the background music um, on specifically for reasons, I they not they often have a song playing in the background and um it means something um well i thought in the brookfield episode i noticed that um when beth and ben were talking in their bedroom in the background was playing um lana del rey's song bartender um and that song is about a 
young couple who elope, and um, she, the the girl in it is is quite clearly pregnant. So I did think that that was interesting, especially since in Ambridge, no one seems to understand how contraception works, um, <laughs> medical training or not. So I thought that might be uh, a, uh, a an oblique reference to what may happen. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I may be reading too much into it. Well, let's be honest. I'm reading too much into it. But it's the sort of thing that I like to think about when you hear the background music. Often they are putting something on for specific reasons. I think we've noticed this before. So we'll sure see, shan't we? Um, anyway, take care, everyone. Thanks very much. Bye. Oh, Monty, that is a great call. Don't worry about it being sort of reverting to last week. That's not a problem. Just good to hear from you. Um, yes, and this analysis of the song, well, excellent. So I contacted Sarah after she'd left that wonderful message. I contacted her and so, uh, she wrote the script. Did she know? I said, you know, can you say yes, no, or do you need to plead the fifth? We would understand if you if you did. Originally, she came back and said, no, I'm going to have to plead the fifth. I can't. I I can't say. And then she came back and this is what she said. Actually, I think it's okay to answer the question. I'm always on alert not to give anything away, but it doesn't actually reveal any plot to say the song wasn't chosen to foreshadow the future. My daughters love Lana Del Rey. My eldest is an avid fan of the Archers at 19, but I'm still trying to convince the other two. I thought Beth and Ben deserve some good dream pop to listen to after a tough week at Brookfield. So there we go, Monty. We've got the answer for you. Yeah. And there was no hidden meaning. No. It's just because Sarah's kids like it. And Sarah, can yeah. your daughter start listening to Dumpty Dum, please? And she can call in too. 19, she qualifies, doesn't she? Yes. And, uh, yeah. Right, recruit them young, fantastic. It's really interesting, though, to know the background. It it never it even occurred to me, um, being thick, that the script writers would would choose oh. the song. I just thought that would be added in at an extra layer later on. But no, there it is, and well, the reason why it's lovely. Lots of people do speculate about the songs, and, and much discussion goes on about what it means. So. Mm. Um, have we all been wasting our time? They just choose something that sounds nice in the background. <laughs> well, there might be meaning some of the times, but yeah. well, there was meaning this time, but on a much more personal basis for Sarah. Yes. Um, and as I said, very impressed that her daughter has been recruited. It's The whole succession theme is continuing, isn't it, <laughs> yeah, in real life? We are handing the mantle on to the next generation of Archer's listeners. Absolutely. Well, we'll have some more of your calls in a moment, including a call by Kate and Catherine outside a pub, which should raise a chuckle or two or They're three. outrageous, outrageous. <laughs> but if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and I'm wondering how to do it, here's how. Indeed, our claim to be the People's Podcast is entirely predicated on you, the people, our dumpty dummers, getting in touch and taking part. Now, whether you're a first-time, occasional, or even a very regular caller in or a, we do love hearing from you. The best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go straight to this link, speakpipe.com slash dumptydum. Don't forget the T in the middle, it's dumptydum. And you'll also find a link in the show notes to this podcast. I keep saying this every week, but it really is really easy. Um, you can have as many goes as you like in the privacy of your own bedroom. So don't worry. Uh, have a look at our pinned tweet on the Dumpty Dum Twitter account because there you'll find all the details of how to leave us a message. 
Now, we record normally on the Sunday, but we record this week, (laughs) in other words, the next podcast, on Saturday at 10 a.m. Once again, it's my fault. Uh, Please help and get your calls in by then. That's Saturday, 10 a.m. Do keep your call to a maximum of two minutes, and you've got to be at least 18 to take part. Yeah, so another jolly for you next weekend then, Quentin. Oh, my my, uh, exhausting social calendar, yes. (laughs) And can I just say, people don't have to record on SpeakPipe in their bedroom, despite what you just said. Other rooms are available. Well, we're going to hear. I mean, people do it on the street. You'll hear in a minute. (laughs) Now, we need your help. There are three things you can do. First of all, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. And if you would please consider giving us a five-star review, well, it would be a huge help with the battle of the podcast algorithms. Secondly, if you can write a nice review, well, that helps even more. And we need to say a huge thank you. Thank you so much to Blink2105 for your wonderful review entitled Simply a Must Listen. And also for Lelly Lelly for your lovely review called How Much Do I Love You, Dumpty Dum? (laughs) Hmm. And to the Zulu Warrior for your review entitled A Great Archer's Extension. And also to Magic Fod Og for your review called Lockdown Keeper. And finally to Cherub60 for your review entitled Love It. Thank you so much, all of you. you. Thank you for taking the time to write those words. It really does mean a lot. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com and search for Dumpty Dum, we would be chuffed to bits to have your support. And back to our calls. Next, we have Kate and Catherine, who've picked up from where Adam, Ian and Susan left off. Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Kate and Catherine, we're outside a pub. I've sent Quentin a picture of us looking like old soaks. Anyway, right, back to the issue. So there's me and Kate. Hello there. Right, so we're talking about the really funny episode with Susan and actually Adam sounding human and not he Android. He did. He started from Secret Crush, but we moved it on to <laughs> another We've got to keep it really clean, no F words, because A, Philippa will complain, B, Apple uh, Podcast will complain. Right, so first one, not Russ. No. Absolutely not, Ross. He'd be like the sting of sex. Absolutely sting Mr. Tantric. Right. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Justin would be masterful. He's like at least 97. Would, yes, but he'd take you for a lovely dinner. Oh, he'd be really masterful and sexy. Right. But Brian, who might I adore in most ways the way he deals with his daughters, but... No. <laughs> Too straightforward and boring. I don't think Jenny's had pleasure. Right, Jazza, we suggest we go through the thing on the website. Jazza, I fear he might smell of pork scratching slightly. He'd be a bit sweaty. I think there's been an episode where his personal hygiene wasn't up to much, but I can't remember. (laughs) Now, Jazza... Yes, no, Jasper. no, no, Jacob. no Jacob. 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 I'm worried that he's a vet. You know, you might end up with a thermometer anywhere. <laughs> It'd be terrible. But he's quite sexy, isn't he? Quite masterful. And I think he, I don't think he's adverse to a bit of discipline. <laughs> Back into the uh, OAP category, because that's all we've got to choose from. <laughs> Oliver. Oliver. Mm. Right, I was typing. We were doing little notes as we had a drink. And I tried to type Oliver. And I tried to type. <laughs> Viagra, but it came up as Biafra, which is not really a happy news story. So Oliver, oh, he'd know how to show you a good time. Look, he's just lovely. He's everyone's favourite character on The Archers. But come on, Kate, now, I'm going to pin you down. Choose. Um, Or die. Justin. 
I'm going to go for Jacob because the Scandinavian in me. You like literally. Thermometers. You like the <laughs> And a bit of delousing. Okay. Oh, my life's terrible. One bottle of rose. Here where we are. <laughs> what are they like? How strong was that bottle of rose? <laughs> Brilliant. A couple of old soaks as they describe themselves. <laughs> um, my words. Well, we, we got a definitive answer in the end from both of them. Uh, uh, Kate Kate went for Justin and Catherine went for Jacob because she's got a lot of Scandinavian in her. And off and off. Kate did tell me afterwards she felt under pressure by, uh, from Catherine to go for somebody without really thinking too carefully about it. So I think she rushed into Justin. Uh, but uh, she she did also tell me that she's a big fan of upstairs, downstairs in, in, its, in its heyday. So I think that's what might have informed a rush to select Justin, although I did say suggest maybe he struggles with downstairs these days. Anyway, it's not going to be <laughs> Mr. Tantric Russ. Masterful came up a lot, didn't you? You notice that they they like well, a mas- thermometer um, and delousing. Oh my concerned. god! Where's that? <laughs> Where's that thermometer being or going? I've <laughs> uh, but he would show a bit of discipline as well, Jacob, which appealed to Catherine. Um, and Oliver would show you a good time. Uh, Jenny hasn't enjoyed pleasure <laughs> from Brian. He's too straightforward. <laughs> I am blushing. I've never thought of Brian. <laughs> you must, your you cheeks must be You sent me a message, burning. Quentin, saying prepare yourself. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that was brilliant. Oh, before I forget, um, they did send me a photograph of them staggering outside the pub, which I will put on the, our Facebook group uh, a little later on for you to see and enjoy um so i, I need to well i mean it's an it's an obvious uh, question i've got to ask you um um philippa who's your secret crush but i've i've it's not a secret i keep saying it's stella that's i've got a girl crush on stella so girl i crush yeah okay all right all right what's your boy crush i don't i don't have a boy crush oh, i for- don't no, I can't. They're, they're family to me. I can't. Please don't make me. I'm giving you days to think about this. I, I know, boy but crush. I still... Right, I want a boy crush by the end, end of the podcast. Right, come on then. Who's your crush? Well, uh, if Siobhan was still around, she'd definitely Siobhan. It would have been Siobhan. There's a lot of paper hurrying that you're doing at the moment. Quentin. I just realised throwing away my notes and I've got all my answers on here for this particular section. Um, Do you need would, to just it, find you? I need to sit down. It would have been Siobhan. She was Sexy, sexy, sexy. I can see why Brian was completely lost oh with Siobhan. Sorry. outrageous. Sorry. I've always thought Kate would be a fantastic romp in between the sheets. She would drive you nuts, but you'd you'd have a good you'd have a good night, I'm telling you with Kate. But long term sexy, I think Fallon. I think Fallon's pretty sexy. So they see it. I am worried about this in all sorts of ways. I'm worried about the thoughts that you've had going into this, the thoughts that you've had over I you I'm, see, I'm, 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 wor- I'm worried. I'm worried you haven't given it thought. Well, I wanted to talk about the food because about who? Was, the food because. Oh, I'm not thinking. talking about food. We're talking about Nookie here. Now look, <laughs> um, I'll help you, Lucy. Lucy Appleby on Twitter at All's Well and Good. She said, "So my secret Ambridge crushes are Ian and Adam, high scorers on the sexy voice stakes." Okay, whatever turns you on. Um, and Bernadette, a lovely Bernadette, she says, I sometimes fancy Oliver Sterling. <laughs> the qualification of sometimes. Um, so there you are. Um, we've had Kate and Catherine, Lucy, Bernadette and myself lay down the gauntlet. We need an answer, a boy crush from you by the end 
of this podcast. Okay. Well, I just thought with this very strong bottle of rosé that Kate and Catherine clearly had after a good night, they might need a good breakfast. And it seemed to be another cooked breakfast this week. So we had Leonard last week doing his mm. black pudding and everything and Jenny doing a cooked breakfast this week. And I was wondering sort of whose crush there was on who. What would Jenny's cooked breakfast be? I thought it was probably Eggs Benedict. This is not as interesting as crushes. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. skim the edge no, like an no. ice rink. I'm on the no. edge of the ice crawling. I'm a journalist. I keep at it, okay? <laughs> right. So thanks, Kate and Catherine. For Fantastic. That. No, it did make me chuckle. And now we need to go to Richard, Richard Beveridge, Biffo Prop, who's been singing for his supper. Hello, everybody. Richard Beveridge here, Biffo Prop on the Twitters. Hope you're all well. Hope you're looking forward very much to the joy of six as the international championship unfolds over the coming weeks. Enjoyed last week's podcast very much, I, uh, especially Catherine's reference to the view of the Licky Hills from Iris's uh, conservatory. Among famous people associated with the Licky Hills is St John Henry Newman, England's most recently canonised saint. At the end of his life, he was buried in Rednall at the foot of the Licky Hills, having served in Birmingham for most of his time as, a fa- as an oratory father. Apart from a brief um, interlude in Dublin, um, founding the National University of Ireland, he's a very great heroic saint in the Midlands, which means I think part of his patronage covers Borsetshire. He would also, as patron saint of converts, be very good for Harrison as he endeavours in his time towards being baptised. Some food for thought there. Also, on a more local note, I did sing at Mass in Lancaster Cathedral last week, Great is Thy Faithfulness, inspired by Jazza, the end of the Passion um, play at Christmas. I'm just after the Feast of Candlemas, so I can just about slip it in as the end of Christmas tide. One of the uh, congregations spoke to me afterwards and said, oh, I did like that. It was that thing from the arches at Christmas. Splendid. Hope you're all doing well. And fond regards to all, especially Philippa's dad. Tinkity-tonk. <laughs> oh, Richard, tinkety tonk, love that. Yes. And best regards from my father to you. Um, how interesting that people are listening to the song and uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness and remembering that it was um, on the arches. I think think that's lovely. Well, we talk about saints. What about St. Christopher? I think it was St. Christopher this week. I've, Kerry writes Chris as a very calm, reasonable, mature man. I mean, I'm sure we were all Googling shingles just like Alice was and Dr. Google was saying emotional stress is is the trigger for it. But he can pass shingles on to anyone who's not had chicken pox. So I was thinking, well, who has he come into contact with? And I was worried about Brian. Has Brian had chicken pox? Because if Brian got shingles, he, he might not bounce back as quickly as Chris is likely to he, he, he's had most things hasn't he brian <laughs> yeah but has he had chicken but i'm worried about our brian yep yep that was a that was me being smutty. i know him. and that's and that was me skating like i'm still on that ice rink skating around before i forget richard got in touch on twitter to me saying had wondering how sarah's name was pronounced um so he'll be delighted to have <laughs> heard from yeah <laughs> We'll be delighted to have heard Sarah's call in actually spelling out exactly how to say <laughs> so Or well, sounding go, it out rather than spelling sounding it out. out. Yeah. Okay, I'll write that. Um, <laughs> you always learn something from Richard's calls, 
Yes. Uh, I mean, last time he f- phoned in about the, the mysteries and now he's phoned in about St. John Henry Newman, England's most recently canonised saint. It did ring a bell uh, because it is fairly recent, I think, but connection to Licky Hills, to the Arches. Yes. Well, every, everything is connected here. <laughs> Philippa, everything, including <laughs> who your boy crushes. So, uh, and he... So he'll be happy to have heard from Sarah's call about her pronunciation. He won't be so happy with yesterday's Six Nations result, which I'm sure you're completely familiar with, aren't you, Philippa? Uh, um, Scotland, England. Scotland, England. Is that rugby or is that football? Yes, rugby. Uh, rugby. Oh, yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah. I was up all night watching it and yeah. I'm very pleased slash horrified by how yeah. it went, whichever yeah. the result was. was it? So it's a bad result, you say? Well, England lost. Yes. Oh, yes, that was terrible. I mean, I just thought they could have had it in the bag, and and they didn't, and it was such a shame. Yeah, I think a bit of a mistaken substitution near the end. I agree. Could... Yeah, absolutely. That substitution was was the mistake of all mistakes. If you looked at the word substitution in the dictionary, there'd be a, a picture of that yeah. very event. And that sin binning near the end that, that really scuppered England as well. Yeah. See, I don't even know. I think you're trying to trick me now. What is sin binning? Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> you, you aren't terrible of you. How dare you? Anyway, that was a wonderful call. Thank you so much, Richard. And now we must go on to Charles from Washington, who thinks there's a twinning opportunity with Wales. Hello, everyone. Charles from Washington, D.C. calling in. I've been wondering what Natasha might name her twins. I hope she seeks inspiration in the Mabinogion, a collection of ancient Welsh folktales. Rhiannon would be a fine choice, if Natasha wants to annoy Tony, she could choose names that he'd struggle to pronounce, such as Puig or Blodewedd. But the most appropriate name in the, from the Mabinogion is Praderi. He had a herd of magic pigs. I'm glad uh, Charles is pronouncing those those uh, those names because I'm not even going to attempt it. Well, exactly, because he normally writes those very funny scripts for us. And when he started talking about this in the Facebook group, I yes. just said, please, please, please don't do this as a script for us because we will fail even more than normal so thank you charles yes wonderful to hear and the, him and yes uh, and uh he's uh he's he's a true brit isn't he why was i putting on that ridiculous american accent when we read out one of his scripts has he got an, an american wife because now i can read his stuff out in in a brit accent and if he's got an american wife you're still going to have to make he, our do you realize he, go through it do you realize he hasn't sent another script in since we fluffed that so badly so i think mangled the last one yeah uh I thought the last one was a triumph. Um, (laughs) Clearly misplaced accents. Triumph, yeah. Well, what about these these names, though? I was thinking, you know, Welsh names, instead of Aberdovey, Aberdont and Aberdo, something like that. You've been thinking about this. I have been thinking about it. And the other thing I've been thinking about... I sense you've got more. Well, no, no. I I thought it was best to... Best to leave it there. But the other mystery is how can Ian and Susan say it's so quiet in the bull? And yet when Brian and Justin and Chris were in, it sounded like there were about 453 people. Sorry, how have you jumped from Welsh folk names to Mysteries, to mysteries. The mystery oh, of the mysteries. Welsh name, the mysteries. Sorry. It's just taking a word and it's just yeah. setting it loose, letting it run free. Well, that'd be a good idea, wasn't it, to, to, to use that name about after pigs, wasn't it? That, that would yes. be funny. Yeah. That would be funny. Um, but Charles, thank you. Erudite as ever. I never even knew about these uh, Welsh folk tales, so I've learned something from your call. I've learned something from Richard's call. 
and we still don't know who uh, Philippa's boy crushes. And anyway, now moving on. we must go on to <clears throat> Tracy from California. As she may be a week behind, but she's channeling her inner Linda and playing Cupid. Hello, this is Tracy from Oakland, California again. Okay, I have to say, I loved this week's um, episode. It was simple issues and light background noises and all the stuff that made me fall in love with the archers in the first place. I had hoped that uh, Ruth and David had hit one of Linda's llamas <laughs> just so that I could hear Linda yell his name. And I imagine that she would be like, Constanza! <laughs> I know that's terrible. I'm sorry. I also am glad that Josh and Pip took a break from um, Baron, as Ruth calls it. Uh, I felt like they sound like the spawn of like Baruch Assaults and Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, they're like, I'm at the cottage now, and all this like whining. And I'm like, honestly, y'all, I think the one thing that confused me was how Ben's already a nurse. I'm like, where did he get his nursing degree? Argos? <laughs> like, I don't understand this speedy nursing <laughs> certification, but maybe I just don't understand how school works in the UK. Anyway, um, I'm also glad to hear all the successions, like Lily studying you know, rural estate management. And then Josh and Pip is like, oh, they can run the farm on their own. They, do it, you know, made a great team. So I'm hearing people trying to like hand stuff off to the next generations. Um, I also have a prediction. I think um, that Stella is going to end up being with Pip. And I think they would make a great couple. And then also I think Amy and uh, Chris are going to get together. That's my magical prediction. So anyway, love the show still, both the Archers and uh, Dumpty Dum. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Bye. Bye, Tracy. Thank you very much for that. Prediction, Stella with Pip. Oh, just... That you're going to have to fight her, That makes you? me uncomfortable. Amy with Chris. I could see that. I just hope. Well, well I just... She, she, yeah. She was a bit uh, friendly, wasn't she, a few months back? She was, but we haven't heard in that Chris's now. Chris's bedroom. I mean, she must, the actress doesn't normally speak like that. And Amy didn't used to be like that. So she's being told deliberately to speak like someone who makes you want to fall asleep. I don't understand. I need Tracy to do Kate next, though, because why couldn't Kate go to Molotando's 21st? I don't understand. I don't understand how she can just leave her kids and, and not visit them. It's awful. And Kate is just impossible. Awful mother. But I do love her because you just know she's getting hold of the wrong stick she's just winding yeah. people up it's it's glorious um, she's in never its dull. Kate yeah. is never dull she's absolutely maddening and infuriating but she's never dull just like tracy she is never dull she's uh every call is just a gem isn't it from mm. tracy so it keeps keeping coming in she's always a week behind so this is highly complimentary of sarah hehe's scripts last week so that's another feather in your cap sarah I try to place her accent because, Tracy, could you let us know? Because you live in Oakland, California, but it sounds like a s southern drawl to me, doesn't it? To you, there's a bit of a southern twang in her, in her deliveries and her and her phrases. I, I haven't run my um, 
voice activation recognition systems see, today. So I pay I've attention to these things. You just pay attention to the food in the Yeah, arches, if Tracy was talking about food, I'd be zooming in suddenly and analysing. Yeah. But the great phrases. Argos nursing. What a brilliant phrase yeah. to describe this this sort of speed nursing. I love that. Yes, and on that, Tracy, it's not that he's concluded his qualification as a nurse. Yeah. It's just he's you get some practical times and then you have to do the the writing and the and the learning time. So it's just part Part of his course that he is having some work experience during that and then we'll go back in the classroom. He has not been let loose alone on the public. Except on his parents. Yes, well, there we go. They deserve it. Anyway, Tracy, that was a great call. Thank More you. More please, so Tracy. Yes. And now we must go to Bill from the Ukraine who sees similarities with Hazel's recent incursion. This is Bill Brown. Bill in Ukraine. Greetings, Quentin, Philippa, and Dumpty Dummers. Sorry to have been absent. I've been distracted by an obnoxious neighbor. He reminds me of Hazel, except he has tanks and rocket launchers. Like Hazel, he wants to reoccupy his old haunts. He thinks the whole place should belong to him. And he has a similar icky nostalgia for a past that didn't happen. But that's not why I'm calling in. I'm calling about red herrings. They've been mentioned a lot lately on social media. I've been thinking about them since the last Rob scare. So I created a special graphic, which I will have posted to the Dumpty Dum Facebook group as a convenience to members. Instead of tediously typing in another famous Archer's red herring, you can just post this image on Dumpty Dum social media only, please. Sorry if you've dealt with this issue previously. I know it's old news, but I can't get over how the young parents or parents-to-be were vying for a flat accessed by a steep outdoor stairway. No parent of an infant or toddler wants to deal with that hazard, especially with twins. Can you imagine daily navigating down those stairs? Twin infants, a double perambulator, a diaper bag, and all the accessories Natasha is bound to need which is a good question. What baby gear will Tom and Natasha get and where are they going to keep it all? That's all the brain power I have for you today. I'll just say I'm very glad to have the archers and Dumpty Dum for an escape from the reality right now. Uh, thanks and goodbye, Dumpty Dummers. Uh, which is the same thing I just said in Ukrainian. Bye. Oh, lovely to hear from you, Bill. Mm. Uh, I'm relieved to hear from you, actually, because I have been thinking about you stuck there in the Ukraine with everything that's going on. And uh, uh, it's lovely to know that our, our little podcast and our community is, is helping you through these these difficult times. And, um, you know, you keep safe there, Bill. Um, and I love this comparison with your obnoxious neighbour armed yeah. with tanks and rocket launchers to our Hazel, <laughs> who effectively <laughs> came in with similar weaponry, mm. didn't she? into Ambridge and wreaked havoc. Uh, she did make an incursion. Let's hope um, the fella next door, Russia, doesn't. Um, Bill mentioned this um, red herrings graphic. It's splendid. I've seen it on our Facebook yes, group. Yes, it looks great. I think we can be using that quite a bit on the Facebook so, group. As soon as there's a, a, a red herring klaxon, like I suppose the recent car crash, because we all thought, oh, that was, well, what's going to happen from this? Well, um, I think in every episode you can be reading something in that you've, well, you, is it a red herring or not? That's the question with yeah. everything. 
So this red herring graphic, uh, I think, will be used in a number of posts, and it could almost become as ubiquitous as the Wordle graphic that we keep seeing in our time base. <laughs> but I'd much prefer your red herring bill to that damn Wordle thing. Uh, he's still obsessing about those steep stairs in the flats. I'd forgotten about those. Uh, were they a red herring? Um, but uh, there's not going to be an issue, certainly, with Natasha and the twins. But Chris is there, isn't he, with, mm, Martha, with Martha? Yes. Let's hope nothing happens. But especially when Martha wants to walk, having to go up all those stairs and then Chris having to carry the pram and the this and the that. And Chris has taken the television and Alice doesn't have a TV. I mean, I'm sorry. When Brian was saying, should I go around and get the TV back? No, just get her another TV. I mean, it's unbelievable. Do you feel better now? Uh, yes, I yes. do. But Bill, we are so worried about you. Please keep safe. And yes. if it's possible to keep calling in, please do so, because uh, it's good to hear from you and to to know that you're all right. Yeah, and I'd like, in your, if you wouldn't mind, Bill, in your next message in the in, within your two minutes, just to give us a bit of a thumbnail sketch of what it's like there at the moment. That'd be very interesting. Mm. But Bill, thank you so much for your call. And now we go to Witherspoon, who thinks all our moaning may have paid off. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Philippa, Quentin, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's with Spoon and Angus Haggis here. I thoroughly enjoyed this week in Ambridge, one filled with much gossip. You'd think that Uncle Carrie was putting a mirror up to us chattering Dumpty Dummers. I also thought the week subtly touched upon the economics of a pandemic world. It began with Brian and Justin talking about Adam, who's one example of the great resignation. Adam gave up his job for lifestyle reasons, and he definitely seems happier, and his little family appears less stressed. Maybe Uncle Kerry and the other scriptwriters changed course in response to our unending moaning about Adam's moaning. Phoebe may be another example of the great resignation, as she has the opportunity to seek greener pastures if she's brave enough to escape her selfish and hypocritical mother's clutches. We also heard hints of more economic impact from the pandemic when Brian and Justin shared concerns about Barrow Farm. I think Barrow is going to have some hard times ahead, and the two men's contrasting approaches will lead these frenemies to butt some serious head. Speaking of COVID, Chris had some significant medical complaints this week and didn't think to take a COVID test. Because of the protective force field surrounding Ambridge, Chris didn't come down with COVID, but with an illness that's very, very rare in the 30-something age group. Did he actually go see a doctor and follow up as Amy recommended? Knowing him as we do, he probably didn't. And I especially didn't like his continuing paternalistic attitude toward Alice. But this week, Winter Olympic medals go to Susan, Jennifer, Alice, and yes, even Brian for their excellent parenting, and to Amy for her friendship and diagnostic acumen. Talk to you soon. Ah, oh, brilliant call, Witherspoon. Thank you. Yes, all these medals going for parenting. I think Roy deserves one as well. Yes, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I thought Brian did well. Alice eventually. Um, Jennifer was so good being firm because the Jennifer of old would have said, oh, yes, I'll take Martha from you. And that wouldn't have helped Alice or Martha. So that was really good to 
to see and to hear. But there was no cowpoll offered for poor Martha when Amy was dispensing. I mean, she sounds like a counsellor, not a friend to Alice, and that's what she, she needs at the moment. She, she got fine. a medal from she got a medal from Witherspoon. Yeah, but she didn't. She went through the list of what you should do for a child with chickenpox, but there was no mention of any paracetamol, any cowpoll. I thought, crikey, that's the first thing I'd be wielding. Yeah, but that'd be advertising, wouldn't it? Well, or even if they just said paracetamol, but then I thought, is legally, can they say that? Because then people could put, give too much paracetamol and blame it on the archers. I don't know what the rules and regulations are, but yes, has Chris got COVID? He's not even taken a test. Yeah, just as Witherspoon says, it's uh, that's the magic of Ambridge. Uh, and he reckons Kerry Davis has responded to all our moaning about yes. Adam. And now we're getting cheerful, Adam, <laughs> which I... I'm struggling with, as I said before, but um, I thought the standout scene this week was the when they got tipsy, Ian, Adam and Susan. I thought that was really, really well done. I enjoyed uh, it, but some people didn't. It's, it just shows I, with the archers. You can't please it. everyone. It was so well acted, um, particularly from Charlotte Martin playing Susan. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant. You were in the room. You could sense her slight tipsiness and... Um, her, you know, her nervousness when she first arrived, Ian's reticence, and then they all warmed up and then uh, connections were made about the food and the layout of the kitchen and then the wine flow. They got much more relaxed. They started gossiping. It was really well written as well by Kerry Davis. I really enjoyed that. So um, top marks for that. And top marks for that call with a spoon. That was wonderful. So those are the calls. But you can also send us an email if you'd prefer. Yes, if you'd rather send an email, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. It's Dumpty Dum, got a T in the middle. Do get your calls and emails in by 10am this Saturday. <sighs> yes, yes, honestly. 10am, yeah. Saturday. It's normally Sunday, 10am, Saturday. Sorry, everyone, on Quentin's yeah. behalf. Um, <laughs> And as ever, remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. Are you having to go back to work to pay for the serum that you bought? And that's why you're having to get up so early. <laughs> anyway, sorry. And so we go from our caller inerers to our email inerer. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
we have a message from Adam Hickford. Hello, you two. So this week we've moved from one dysfunctional family to another. I think every man and his dog predicted that Phoebe was going for a job, but Kate's combination of thick skin shallowness is spectacular. It's very revealing of her modus operandi that finding an Oxford-educated man is more important to both Kate and Jenny than Phoebe making the most of her own Oxford education. Roy, on the other hand, was lovely. Can we have more nice, supportive parenting where people listen to each other? Please, bye for now. Mm. Yay, Adam. Roy's right up there, my dull but decent brigade. He's, he's lovely. Phoebe was a... Well, she was less Phoebe. Well, she did break down. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm contradicting myself here. But well, she, she was, one minute she, she broke she was down. More, and then the yeah. next nanosecond, she was absolutely fine. There was no That's transition. I'm confusing myself. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is she opened up to him far more than she ever would. With oh, Kate. he's lovely and supportive and encouraging. Yeah. And once he yeah. sort of, he was a bit yeah. shocked about it being north of Glasgow, but then uh, he yeah. he realised that there are such things as trains and aeroplanes. So he thought, no, I can go and see her. Do you get a sense that people within Ambridge feel that Phoebe has squandered her Oxford education? There's a lot of feeling about it outside amongst us. But it's never really mentioned, is it? No, but I think that's a, one of the problems with Ambridge, that there aren't many jobs to choose from. There doesn't seem to be a lot of accommodation to choose from for some bizarre reason. And that a lot of women are not having great careers and um, yeah. reaping the benefits of the hard work of their university education. Although it's been shaken shake, up a bit, isn't it? Alice wants to get back to engineering and Lily wants to go and do some um Yes, and maybe that's the start of it have to admit I'm a little sceptical, but I hope mm. it is. It would be wonderful to see. But yes, Adam, great email. Thank you so much. Look thank forward you. to the next one. So thank you for your calls and emails. We love them. Do keep calling and emailing in. Now on to Dumpty Book Dumb. As most of you know, I host the Quick Book Reviews podcast and I was talking to Ellie Griffiths, whose latest in the hugely popular Ruth Galloway series is called The Lot Room and is out now. So Ellie Griffiths, your latest book is The Locked Room. Thank you for joining us on Dumdy Book Dumb. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> we need to talk about the archers, Ellie. We we really do. Let, let's set the boundaries. I know you and I have discussed this before, but who is your favourite archers character, would you say? My favourite archers character, it might be a little, I don't know whether this is a little bit out of the name, is Kate. I really like Kate. I really like Kate. Still, still. I mean, what, what, I think it's because whenever I hear her very distinctive Kate type voice, um, <laughs> I always know something's coming up. She's going to wind somebody up. Somebody's going to be annoyed <laughs> with her. So I, I really, I really do like Kate. And you mentioned the Archers in your book. What is driving you batty in the Archers? I said R- Ruth is a big Archers fan. She's a big Radio Four fan, as I am. So uh, yes. So she's quite often listening to the Archers. Oh, what's driving me batty? Well, the same sort of characters do kind of drive me batty all the time, really. So, um, you know, it, it's David with his sighing and his, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> perpetual fed upness and, and uh, really the Archers themselves as a family are pretty <laughs> annoying, aren't they? I think Pat, Pat I, I like as a, as a character because she's very strong, but she's being a little bit irritating at the moment. And and Tom with his, um, I still kind of uh, mourn for old Tom with this particular whiny voice that he used to have. Um, but yes, yeah, so Tom and Natasha, and they're all being a little bit irritating, but that's part of listening to the Archers, isn't it, really? I mean, there are not many characters that I love. I say I like Kate and I've, I've always liked Brian, but do I actually like them or do I just like the fact that they um, 
they wind everyone up. Yeah, I know that's quite joyful to hear sometimes. Do you think Rob will come back? Oh, well, there's lots of sort of foreshadowing that he might, isn't there? So I, I, if, I were, if I was writing it, would I make him come back? Do you know I probably would? So maybe he will. And final question, Hil- Hilda, is Hilda good or bad? Oh, I no, def- definitely always on the side of the cat. So <laughs> I think I think Hilda is good. I mean, Peggy, I have to say, wonderful actress and wonderful portrayal, but is thoroughly irritating, I always think. Um <laughs> But I do, I do kind of, I do kind of love Kate. And I suppose if I were to have Kate, Peggy and Hilda in a scene, that would be my perfect archer scene, really. And Brian popping in. Oh, and Brian, Brian popping in. Oh, what's going on here? Oh, <laughs> yes, lovely. Perfect. Well, before we go, you must just tell us about your latest book, The Locked Room. Can you summarise it for us? So The Locked Room is book 14 in the Dr Ruth Galloway series, once described by some paper as the archers with added body count, Set in, <laughs> set in set in Norfolk and this book is when Ruth is in an isolated cottage during lockdown and there's a murderer on the loose. Fantastic. Ellie Griffiths, thank you so much. Thank you. A Kate, a Kate fan. Uh, a Kate, yes, because she said that to me, I don't know, about 12 months ago and I thought she might have changed her mind by now. But She's right. As I said, way, way back in this podcast. Yeah, Kate's, Kate's always fun. Maddening, but fun. Yeah, and we do need a bit of that from time to time. And now to Facebook. We've just broken through the 2,000 members mark. Amazing. Turbo Mm. boosted by 35 new recruits this week. So we need to say an outdo to you too. David, Emily, Bridget and Catherine. Mike, Paul, Julia and Helena. Angel, Andrew, Carol and Deborah. Maria, John, Kath and Suzanne. Annette, Kathy, Paul and Daressa. Maureen, Kenny, Helen and Dave. Elizabeth, Carmel, Jane and Catriona. Louise, Neil, Fee and Ian. And Pam, Steve and Sarah. So what has our Dum Dum group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings on in the Dum Dum Facebook group with our Sue. Hello, my lovies. Sue here, Queen or Tart on the Twitters uh, and the first February social media roundup. What a brilliant Kerry Davis script writing week on the Archers. We laughed, we cried, we winced, and some of us at least wanted to write things on Facebook that would have got us a warning and probably some time in Facebook jail. Oh, Kate, you raging hypocrite. Maya Fox sums it all up with her post. Sublime writing tonight, KD. Bob's loving Adam's burgeoning personality. <laughs> it was delightful to see so many new people joining us on Facebook this time, um, or whatever it's called this week. 35 new people. We are definitely going up. There was a lot of concern over young Martha and who should be looking after her. Pat Roberts said, I hope Amy will stay as Alice will not cope. Leah Toff said, oh, Alice, lovely little sing-song there, brought a tear to the eye. And William Nolan said, I love that episode. Jenny and Alice's scene where Jenny was reassuring Alice but insisting she wouldn't just take Martha was honestly really moving. Excellent writing and acting, in my opinion. Good bit of unforced parenting then, unlike Kate, who, as often happens, I wanted to inflict physical violence upon, Witherspoon asked, will Phoebe be the victim of unfounded family gossip? And Kevin Winter replied, Kate is insensitive enough to do it. 
I wonder why the others take her seriously. I always wonder that, whatever she says. Joe Edwards says she's just vile and ridiculous. I'm pretty sure she's talking about Kate. And Monica Postle said, I don't exactly unsee how upset Kate will be at the prospect of Phoebe moving to Scotland. But given her own track record, she would be a real hypocrite if she pressurised her not to go. You see, hypocrite is a word that comes up all the time for Kate. But leaving her behind, Stephen Bowden asked us in the most popular thread of the week about our secret crushes. Pete Bradford and I can agree on Jill. All that cake. And Julie Taylor said, if I was 30 years younger, it would be Harrison for sure. However, I'll happily settle for the rascally Brian. I think a lot of my generation would happily settle for the rascally Brian. After all, he's been on just a minute, at least twice, as Annie Moser pointed out. The actor is such a smoothie and dons a cravat marvellously as two. You're talking my language now, Annie. Shirley Farrant Ansley said, Tim Bentick, ever since I saw him in the Cavaliers and Roundheads TV drama, by the sword divided in the 1970s. There were quite a few, like Darcy and Amanda Wright, going for David, even with all the sighing. Perhaps it was the uniform. Plenty of people going for Harrison his Bobby uniform. There's a lot in that thread. If you haven't been in there, go and have a look. Oh, there were some bits in there that loved me, made me really chortle. We either loved the gospel dinner or we really didn't. And mostly we really didn't. Melly Merriweather said, this episode has me cringing. Kate Lyle said, because gay men are such giggly gossips with a couple of angry emoticons. And Monica Postle said, it seemed to be somewhat stereotyping again. These last two shows with Adam's scenes just didn't sit well. Made him so, so phony, not to mention a little creepy. But we did laugh as well. I'm going to round off with a post from Dave Olcock, who put up a lovely picture of some Lego bonsai for Jill and Leonard. Being plastic, it will last longer than them. I'll see you all in a month. Cheers, my dears. Thank you, Sue. And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, you would be very welcome to join us there if you haven't done so already. We're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the arches. It's one word, hashtag using a capital T and A. That's so the visually impaired can enjoy any arches based tweets. Also try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet. It means more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing still further. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at Quick Book Review with a three instead of a W. And I'm at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. Hello, it's Fry here. No, not that one. And now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week. It is. And the bronze is, is, is a joint bronze. It was a dead heat for this because they oh. combined to make it a, a bronze winning entry. And uh, it was uh, teed up by Matt at Matt underscore Mark 2. And then. Uh, Little Kim at Little Kim responded. So a joint bronze. Matt said, the Highlands, north of Borsetshire, to which Little Kim Little replied, Visit Scotland need to adopt that for their new ad campaign. <laughs> the Highlands, <laughs> north of Borsetshire. So that wins you a bronze. Very good. Uh, in silver, Steve Brooks at Steve Brooks TA. And he says, if jumping to conclusions was an Olympic event, Kate would win silver. Just behind Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so that silver reference, Steve, wins you silver. But in uh, goal position, I like a bit of wordplay. This came in from uh, the Archers Leica at 
the underscore Lyca. Burdock, he's a dandy, a real lion of a man. <laughs> Burdock, a dandy and lion. I'll get, I'll get me Kate. So, love that, the Archer's Lyca, that wins you gold. So congratulations to our Tweeters of the Week. Yes, congratulations. And it just goes to show, if you mention the word... Uh, gold, silver or bronze in your tweet, you're <laughs> likely to get that medal. So yes. now we know what to do. The secret's out. Well, we need to start winding down. So we must say thank you to formerly cycling Christine, Catherine with the Y, Richard from Portugal, Glyn, Sarah, Monty, Kate and Catherine, Richard Biffo Prop, Charles from Washington, Tracy from California, Bill from the Ukraine, Witherspoon, Adam and author Ellie Griffiths for all their contributions, as well as Melissa from Italy for her dumpty dum tune. Yeah, I've got one more medal to give out, actually. Um, it's uh, the medal for your boy crush. Come on, you've got to give an answer. You know, my family. I'm not having a crush on my family, thank you very much. So, no. God. Seriously, you're not going to give an answer? I'm not. I, I can't. It's Honestly, they are. I, I love and detest them all equally as if they were my family. So it would be entirely wrong. Cop I can't. Out. Cop out, cop out. <laughs> Thanks also to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Rory give up chasing Bitcoin and invest in seaweed research instead? <laughs> will Kate meet up again with her friend Burdock and invite dandelion, lemonade and ginger ale along as well? Will Clary have another mysterious appointment and get us all even more worried about the state of her health? And will David suddenly get to see a physio next week instead of waiting the usual three years like the rest of us? After all, Ambridge is a magical place. <laughs> all will be revealed next week, but for now it's a thank you for listening and a bye-bye from me. And I'm off to enjoy my free mini-massage. Bye-bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.